Publisher Podcast, episode 101. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm really, really, truly excited to bring you Alessandra Tori, who is a very successful author of um, romance and romantic suspense and uh, a couple other types of books in there as well, but lots and lots of books just really, really doing well. She's both self-published and traditionally published simultaneously, which is very interesting. And her self-published books have hit way up on the charts. And we talk about her author journey in this episode. We talk about the things that made a difference in her route to success. And at the end, she gives some really great tips for authors who are trying to, to really make it to the top of the charts. But we also spend a lot of time talking about the conference that she has created for fiction authors called Anchors Con. Now, as the at the release of this particular episode at the end of July, AnchorsCon has just started online virtually for uh, the 2023 year. However, it runs for several more we- weeks. So if you listen to this today and still want to join, I was just looking at the calendar. There are just a ton of live activities happening over the next few weeks. And you can save $50 with the coupon code Alexa, A-L-E-X-A. So head on over to AnchorsCon.com. Grab your ticket, save uh, save $50 with the Alexa coupon code, and come learn and join us. There's just so many great activities. And oh, by the way, if you can't attend the live activities, you will have access to the recordings of everything, all of the workshops for six years. So you can definitely still take advantage of this opportunity uh, throughout the next couple months, um, however long the sales are up. And if the sales are over by the time you get there, then get on the email list so you know when it's coming up again next time. But again, this is a is a really great interview all about Alessandra's journey, how she got to where she is, um, how she became as successful as she is, which is really mind-boggling, especially since so much of the success came from her as, as an indie author long before she was picked up by traditional presses. So just a really, really interesting um, and, and inspirational journey. So... I hope you enjoy the show. And on that note, if you are enjoying the Publisher Podcast, I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to us or follow us wherever you listen. And if you'd leave us a review, those reviews and ratings are just as important to podcast hosts as they are to authors. So we know how important reviews are to help other people find us. And I would love it if you'd be willing to pop on over and leave us a great review. And also check out all of our upcoming events at womeninpublishingsummit.com forward slash events. We have plenty of stuff in the works, free and paid training every month. And don't forget to check out Anchors Con. Okay, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Publisher Podcast, a place where you can come to get inspiration, motivation, help, encouragement, and support in your journey to write, publish, and sell your book. Hosted by Alexa Bigwarf. Cause I've been where you've been And I felt what you're feeling And I don't wanna get in your way All right, welcome everyone to another episode of the Publisher Podcast. Today is such an exciting day because I finally get to bring you to meet in person uh, Alessandra Tori, and she is someone that I have been following for years and fangirling over all of the wonderful things that she is doing, both as an author and as another uh, conference host, virtual conference host provider with InkersCon. You've probably heard about it. If you are anywhere in the writing sphere, you've probably 
at least seen one ad about InkersCon. And we're going to talk to Alessandra today about that conference, about her writing journey and all the things. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I love this topic. So yes, it's a, it's a fun one, learning and growing and selling more books. I mean, how much more fun could that be? Well, let me tell you, in case you haven't heard of Alessandra, let me tell you just a little bit about her. She is a New York Times, USA Today, and Wall Street Journal bestselling author. And she's written over 30 novels, and many of them are indie self-published. So that's huge, which I can't wait to talk to her about that. Um, talk to her. You're right here. Talk to you about <laughs> While she has published with Hachette Harlequin and Thomas and Mercer, she's a fierce self-publishing advocate and speaker. Tori's novels have been translated in 18 languages and are distributed in over 30 countries. Um, in addition to writing, she hosts the, she is a co-founder of AnchorsCon, an annual conference for indie fiction authors. So no shortage of things happening in your world from day to day, huh? <laughs> I know, but I think I like that. The busier I am, the more productive I am. So I find the same um, thing. In fact, people in my life will laugh at me because they're like, you have two speeds, a thousand miles an hour or zero. <laughs> or sleeping on the couch. Yeah, that's, that's me. There's no in between. Well, I have so many questions for you and um, want to talk about all the things, including your conference, which as we are recording, this is about to launch um, for this year. But before we get into the conference, how did this all begin? When did you start writing? You were originally traditionally published. Is, is that correct? Um, so I started in 2012 and I, um, I was, it was like a whim, you know, I was always a reader. I never, I enjoyed like writing things in high school, but it was, I never got any encouragement. I would send in like submit what I thought was like a masterpiece. I get like a B minus, um, <laughs> So I never thought about writing. It just wasn't, I just figured that wasn't my thing. I love to read. I read constantly and I love to pick apart books. Um, and it was one of those things. My husband was always like, oh, well, if you think, you know, you could do so much better, you should you know, write a book. Um, and then in the summer of 2012, I did, I was in between jobs. I was looking for a job and I was reading about E.L. James making like a million dollars a day. And I was like, okay, so if I did like 1% of the sales of E.L. James, I'd be making like bank. Um, so I sat down, I wrote, I thought I would write a thriller because that was kind of what I always read. I always read mystery suspense books, but I ended up writing like a sexy romance, which I had <laughs> never, I had never read other than 50 shades of gray. I'd never read a sexy romance, but that's what came out. Um, and I self-published it. I published it on KDP, Kindle direct publishing. And, um, and it did like, okay. Like I was selling three to five copies a day, which I was like ecstatic over. That's more um, than a lot of I worked up, Yeah. To like 10 or 15 copies a day. Nice. And I got out my calculator and I was like, okay, if I wrote 10 books, um, I'd be making like 150, $200 a day. And I wouldn't have to like, I can stop my job hunt. Like I'm, I'm, I'm golden. Um, so that was kind of my thought. And then two and a half, three months after that book released, it took off. Like it just went bonkers. And, um, th there was a, a key change. I changed my book description. I oh. changed my description one afternoon, not thinking twice about it. And that book was selling 2000 copies a day within, you know, 48 hours. 
Oh my um, gosh. What change did you make? <laughs> I know everyone's like, and I didn't even like save the original blurb. Like I just was like, Oh, I'll try something new. I replaced one with the other, not yeah. thinking it would launch my entire career, you know, and I hit publish. Um, but what I think I did is I had a super sexy cover and I think my blurb was not super sexy. So people would click on the cover and they'd read the blurb and they'd be like, oh, like I was more interested in like the cover than I am with what this book seems to be about. So I think I made the blurb sexier is the only thing I can think of. And yeah. so then that piece of the packaging matched. And, um, and so it made me realize how many people were clicking on my cover before and then being like, eh, you know, and leaving. So that book took off. Um, then agents and publishers were, you know, emailing me. I had several meetings with agents. They all just demoralized me. They were just the, the worst meetings. Um, I don't think they intended them to be bad meetings. They intended to like woo me, but I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I hate everything about this business. Like I'm making tons of money self-publishing. I'm just going to stay in the self-publishing world. Right. Um, and then an author friend of mine said, you know what, let me, let me just ch talk to my agent and she can tell you what the deal is. And within five minutes of that conversation, I was like, this is my girl. Like, this is the, you know, I called my husband. And I'm like, once you listen to this conversation and I signed with um, that agent, I've been with her 11 years now. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we, she took that book to auction and it sold um, to Harlequin for multiple six figures and it was a two book deal. So suddenly it was like, oh, like this is my job now. Like, you know, I, first of all, I have to write another book. Um, and Wait, so time out. They bought the first book that you'd already published and was selling like hotcakes. Okay. That's a question I get asked all the time. If I've already successfully published, will a company pick it up? And I know with 50 shades of gray, that was the case, but I hadn't heard of that. Yeah, before. You know, they did it. This happened twice with me. It happened with that first book and it happened with my second book. It wow. was self-published. It was out for almost six months and then we sold it to wow for my second and they published it in hardcover. That was back when they publishers didn't know what to do with indies. It was like, oh my gosh, if this book is so successful without our big traditional, right. you know, brilliance in their minds, like we could make that book 10 times bigger. Right. And, and so they kept buying and spending a lot of money on these gotcha. indie books. But then when they would release them like six months, a year later, they didn't like bookstores didn't stock them. So, right. um, so they did, they stopped doing that. Like that, there was like a two-year process where they would buy. Now, recently I've seen an, a reemergent of that with these books that are going viral on TikTok. Yes. Publishers are buying sometimes just the print, a lot of times just the print versions and republishing. Kennedy Ryan has a ton, like eight or 10 books that were bought. Bloom Books is buying a ton of them. Um, so I've seen um, Lucy Scores books are being bought and then sold. So I'm seeing it happen a lot now, but it's kind of only happening with viral books or, or books that have been wildly successful um, for, a, for a long time for, you know, they've been on the bestseller, you know, the top charts for a year and then they'll buy them and put them in stores. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Sorry to interrupt you. That was just an interesting um, side point. So then you you went into the traditional world with these books. And yeah. So I went traditional, but I was still self-publishing. Um, and so because I was writing three to four books a year, so traditional publishing was much slower pace. I was doing one book a year traditional and my traditional books were flopping. They were doing horrible while my self-published books were doing better and better. 
And that was really because as, as a self-publisher, I could be much more agile. I could jump on, on popular trends and popular marketing techniques. My price point was $2.99 or $3.99, or my traditionally published books were $9.99 right. or $12.99. Um, and my readers just weren't going there. They weren't, you know, they weren't transitioning. And most of my readers had already bought those books when they were self-published. So, you know, like they weren't going to then buy them again. Right. So, um, so I pretty much decided in like 2015, like I was kind of done with traditional publishing. Um, and that was really, I was hitting the New York times list with self-published books. I was making a killing. We did go out to traditional publishers when a, a book I had black lies was, it was its, its second or third week on the New York Times list. And that week we pitched a new book, Hollywood Dirt, to publishers. And my best advance was like 50 grand, which I had gotten like six times that in the past. Right. You know? right. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like I was at the time making 50 grand a week off, you know, like black lot. Wow. <laughs> that's so a- it was like, yeah, I was like, I'm not even going <laughs> to entertain this. Like that's, I'm insulted. Um, and so, and that book went on Hollywood dirt, went on to become multiple New York times bestseller. Um, and so, uh, so I self-published for six years, probably before I decided I was done writing romance. Mm -hmm. Um, and not to say I'm never going to write romance again, because I am going to, I'm working on a romance novel right now, but I was like, I, I, I am making enough money now where I can write what I want to write. Mm-hmm. regardless of if it, if it sells and what I want to write is suspense. And so when I talked to my agent about, we're like, let's go out and let's see what happens with, with a traditional publisher, because it's a new market. I don't have an audience in there. I really want to go down this other path. And that's when I signed with Thomas and Mercer and Thomas and Mercer, I have to say, it's been a completely different publisher experience than any other publisher. First of all, their price point, my books are at $3.99, $4.99. They're in KU. Audio is free in KU. Nice. Um, and those books have, those books have done better. I've sold more copies of those than I sold my New York times bestsellers. Wow. Um, wow. So yeah, like a, a fair amount more, sometimes double sometimes double what I sold of my New York Times bestsellers. So they've been fantastic publisher to work with. And I've, I just signed, I've had six books contracted with them. Four have been published. That's incredible. It's funny. We have similar journeys. Like I'm the same with you. Like my whole, I've loved reading thriller, crime, uh, mystery, suspense. And that's what I always thought that I would write. And then my first, my first novel is a rom-com set in Paris. And I'm like, <laughs> what <laughs> where did that come from so I have all these thriller suspense but I kind of I kind of feel like I wanted to get my chops as a writer get I had this story based on something that actually happened and wanted to get in there so you know doing the thing and but what a, what an incredible what an incredible experience and I mean you are definitely living the like the goal that all of us as indie authors are moving towards, you know, how do we do this? So for me, it's so inspirational just to hear you share this journey to know that with good writing and with smart, really smart business tactics, you can, you can get 
to where you are. So super exciting. So at what point then did you decide, all right, I have this knowledge or I have this, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm making some assumptions here. Did you decide, okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm passionate about helping others. I'm going to create a conference. Is that what happened or did something else happen? <laughs> so, no, what it was when my first four or five years, I was really lost. Like I, I did, I mean, that was back 2012, 2016. There were like no resources really yeah. for authors. Um, especially in 2012 to 14, yes, yes, yes. I started too. And it's like, Oh, I was doing like traditional press releases for my romance novels. It was like, I I just didn't know what I was doing, you know? Um, and so I really thought once I figured what I really wanted was I wanted like a writing for dummies, publishing for dummies, marketing for dummies courses and Uh online courses weren't really big back then. Um, so I said, once I figure this out, like I'm going to, I'm going to make some courses. And so that was my first steps. Like I made courses um, and they are out there. They're still out there, but I don't suggest people take them because I, I realized in the course of making my courses, it was like, I know how I do things and I know how I market. And I know how I, I mean, everyone typically publishes the same way, but I know my processes, but what I really want to know is other people's processes. Um, And so I started taking other courses or trying to learn from other authors and I was interviewing authors, but it was really like, like I want to bring together the best in the business and each of them, because I'm really good at speaking on like one or two things. Like there are one or two things that I think I know as much about as anybody. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I want to know everyone else's one or two things, you know, Um, because there's very few people that are just like amazing at everything. Like they exist out there, but for the most part, like one person's really, really good at, you know, characters and another person's really amazing at Amazon ads, you know, and something else. So that was kind of where anchors kind of came about was let's bring together the best people that I know in these different areas. And, um, and let's create a conference, which I'm sure is kind of the same way that. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, that's really cool. So let's talk about InkersCon a little bit. So it is just to be very clear, it is for fiction writers, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, and while it's other people the authors, that's really in, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. That's a Publish. great delineation. Okay. So fiction indie authors, and you run it in an interesting way. You do it over multiple, it's all virtual, it's all recorded, right? But it's run over. There are some live events that happen over a period of time. Yeah, so we actually, we do have a live in-person conference. It's in Dallas each year. So that happened in June. Okay. And at the live conference, we professionally record all of the presentations. Okay. I say all of the presentations, like 24 out of 27 presentations we record in Dallas with our team of videographers. Okay. Then we come back home. We have six weeks and we edit all of the videos and we package them. And then we launch them to the digital audience. So okay. the digital launch is July 22nd. And then we have three weeks of events from July 22nd to August 10th. We have three weeks of events. So we release all of the classes, but then we also have roundtables, which are like interactive discussions that attendees lead. Any attendee can start a roundtable on any topic. Fine. It could be something like, I want to meet fellow authors in Australia or, um, let's talk about writing meat cutes or, um, you know, Kickstarter tips and tricks or things not to do. It could be anything. Some, and so we have like uh, last year we had over a hundred attendee led round tables. So those wow. are live zoom discussions. <laughs> we have be- best-selling author live Q and A's. We have companies like draft digital, Kindle direct publishing, um, 
book bub that are there that are doing office hours. Um, and then we also have like co-writing sprints um, and uh, writing sprints as a group. They're not for co-writers. <laughs> and um, and just a few like different one-off activity. We have a few one-off networking events like speed networking and things like that. So that's kind of like three packed weeks of just live events. And then our attendees, we record almost everything. A lot of the attendee-led roundtables are not recorded, but we record as much as we can. And um, and then all of that information in the classes is available for six years. So okay. data purchase. So we have a lot of attendees, like if you're watching now and you're like, oh man, it's past the, those three weeks of launch events, you can still jump in. Um, you can still, uh, Alexis has a coupon code. You can still you know, use that coupon code. And you can, we have a ton of attendees that join after the fact, and then they just watch everything on their schedule. And maybe you're not ready for like advanced Facebook ads right now, but maybe in a year and a half you are, you know, so you can then watch that class then. Yeah, we have the same um, kind of thing with ours too. Even though we run through the Women in Publishing Summit, we run them as live workshops, like many, many, many people just purchase to watch on their own time later on because, you know, if you're working a full-time job or other things are happening in life and you can't be there. So that's great. So this will, this will be available. And then also if you hear it and it's way past um, July, when you listen to this episode, get on the, go to Inker's Con. There's a way to get on the newsletter over there, right? Yeah. 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 You can just go to Inker'sCon.com. There's like a contact us or some, there's some sort of, you'll figure it out. There's yeah. a place you can get on our mailing list absolutely. and then you can be there for the next live event that comes up so yeah. that's really or just cool. stay on alexis's newsletter she'll let you know next year that's right um so why do you think that this is such an important event i mean you do your live event which kudos to you i have never taken the um the steps to do a live event because i'm terrified <laughs> You know, our audience is like, let's have a live event. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's but, a different know. beast. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, why do you, why do you continue? I mean, do you, do you project that you'll continue doing this and, and why do you think it's so important for authors to come to these digital experiences? Virtual. Well, for, for me as an author, I very rarely travel. I travel if I have to. So for me, I would love to go to Thriller Fest. I mean, I would love to do that. I would love to go. There's so many fantastic conferences around the country, around the world. But for me, with three dogs and a high maintenance family, like it's just really hard for me to travel anywhere. Um, and especially like with, with work and writing and things like that. So if I could save, you know, 10 to 12 hours of travel time each way, um, and I can attend something from home and I can be focused and I can lock myself away, then, then I'll do that. The potential negatives to a digital conference is that a lot of people sign up and then they don't, they don't attend right. or they don't utilize it. Where if you go in person, you're kind of forced, but at the same time in person, I see people sitting in the hallway talking yes. like that's, <laughs> you know, it's like, there's a really great class happening right here. Um, but so that's for me. And what I love is I love like, uh, it's great to have a focused event that is in a weekend or something like that online, because a lot of people just block that time out um, yeah. and, they, and they attend. But for me, I like the ease of online. I'm also, I am, I have changed a lot in the last few years, but by nature, I am an introvert and I'm a shy person. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me to walk into a live conference and there's like a room full of hundreds of people there 
like I'm going to like pretend like I'm on my phone or like look down and I'm going to scurry through and I'm going to find some seat by myself and I'm not going to talk to people. I would never walk up to like a random group of people and be like, hi, my name's Alessandra. I write romance and suspense. What do you write? That's, that's really hard for me to do where yeah. online it's, it's just so much easier. Like it's easy to go into a zoom room with four or five people and everybody goes around the room and they introduce themselves. Yeah. And then there's like a specific topic and I'm not just like randomly chit-chatting about the weather. Um, so, or it's easy to make a post in the attendee Facebook group and say, hi, I'm really awkward and I don't know anyone. And this is my first online conference. Uh, you know, is there anyone who wants to be my friend? And you'll have dozens and dozens of responses. So yeah. I think for certain people, digital is is the best yes. for them, especially if they have a job and they can't leave yeah. or they have kids. And, you know, I mean, it's it's just, you can't be that convenient. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, when I started this a decade ago, I had three small children. There was no way I was going to live conferences or doing, and zero dollars, by the way. Yeah. So like just the- Well, that's the other thing. I mean, hotel, food, I mean, it, yeah. it adds up really fast. Yeah, I think it's it's just so important. I mean, looking through the the agenda of topics that you guys are covering in the conference, I mean, it's really it, one thing that I really like about your conference is that it is so narrowed down to the fiction indie authors because now we know when we attend, we are getting things that are very specific to that audience. And sometimes it's nice to have. I mean, obviously, mine is very um, broad, and sometimes you need that to meet you know the the roles of the attendees. But it can also be really nice to have just like super focused. I know no matter what I go into, it's probably going to apply, may not apply to me at this particular stage of my career. But like you said, within six years, there should be nothing that, right. that doesn't apply at some point. We hope, fingers crossed, right? <laughs> and it is, I should say, it's adult fiction. So oh. it, I would say anything over 40,000 words, you okay. know, um, so no, why, mean well, 30,000 word yeah. writer, but yeah, adult fiction is really what, um, what we focus on with our craft classes and marketing and that sort of thing. Okay. Good to know. All right. So everybody head over to inkerscon.com and you can use the coupon code Alexa, A-L-E-X-A just to, um, to get $50 off, which is amazing. And that extends, right. That's beyond even the end of the conference or, how long? Yeah. Is, how long? Um, I think pass? the coupon is good through um, through August fifteenth, I believe. Okay. Um, but that being said, if someone's listening to this and they hear it, just reach out to us, you know, and we're happy to help. And it is just Alexa. It's not Alexa twenty three. It's just Alexa. I think it's on. just Alexa. A L E X A. I'll double check with Eva. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's what we said. I hope because that's what I've been telling people. <laughs> so. We can we'll make it Alexa. So it's Alexa from now on. That's no problem. Right. We don't have any other Alexas, so we're good. All right, awesome. Okay, so let's bring it back to you and your wonderful success as an author because I know that's what people want to hear about. And hopefully we'll have you in front of our audience to talk about this too, because everybody wants to know, you know, how do I become a New York Times bestselling author as a self-published author? So to wrap this all up, do you have just a few key tips that you can share with our audience? Yeah, absolutely. So um, first of all, I wouldn't focus on the New York Times list because it is <laughs> Ever since they changed the list, ever since they took away the ebook list, it, it and has, I think, made a corporate decision not to ever allow an indie on it. It is really hard. Okay. So that is no longer a goal or dream. Yeah. So, but the way that you can still reach that pinnacle, right, or that level of sales um, nowadays 
things have to be written to market. And by written to market, I don't mean like, oh, you know, um, sorority romances are hot right now. I'm going to run and write a sorority romance. That is not <laughs> what I'm talking about. Because for a long time, I thought that's what writing to market was. I thought it was like, oh, this is hot in the market. Let me go right to it. Writing to market means you understand the genre that your book is written in. You understand how that book is marketed and then packaged in that genre and how that plot line and story is told. Mm-hmm. In every genre, if you write action adventure thrillers, you are going to write and package and market your book in a different way than if you write rom-coms um, or if you write historical fiction. Um, and you can't just use one paintbrush to paint across different genres. And I didn't know that for a long time. And my books that really took off, they were spot on and they were spot on despite my lack of knowledge. I really got lucky with those with those books, but I would focus on craft, craft, craft. So many authors skip craft classes and craft knowledge and they just, you know, do the sexy marketing classes. But if you need to make your writing as strong as it can be, and for me, I'm a self-taught author, that came from me just writing and writing and writing. And it wasn't my first book, even though it took off, was not good. It was my sixth or seventh book where I really like learned how to tell a story in the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, So just writing, 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 understanding your market and your genre, writing the obligatory scenes and writing the style that really readers, you know, react to and love in that genre, and then making sure that your packaging is on point. Um, And if it's not on point, change it, you know, try change one thing at a time and test it, test it, test it before you change something else. But you just want to give your book, you know, and there, especially in the world of TikTok, if you have a great story that is packaged right and, and priced right and distributed right, it it can take off on its own. It can take off on its own without, um, it doesn't, it's not easy, but but great stories are in an environment right now where they will shine. Uh, that's that's very encouraging. And I'm I'm curious, do you um do you widely distribute your books? Are they available on all platforms or are you on the Kindle Unlimited platform? I'm Kindle Unlimited because the last I'm down to one book a year because I do spend so much time on IncruiseCon. Yes. Um, so all of my books are through Thomas and Mercer for the last four years. Everything's been through Thomas and Mercer. So that's an Amazon imprint. So they're in KU because Thomas and Mercer is KU. Um, but my romance books are also in KU and that's because, uh, I just don't have time to market right now. Um, and so KU does a lot of that for me. Um, and, uh, and so it makes it a lot easier, but I was wide for four or five years and my wide retailers were never more than 5% of my, of my income. So it just didn't make sense to me. Finally, I was like, why am I? And I was trying, I was really trying, but I don't write in series. Series do a lot better wide. And I don't write in certain genres do better wide. And I, and I wasn't in those genres and I didn't write in series. So for that reason, and, and just my lack of time, I'm in KU. Well, I'm really glad to hear that. I'm really glad to hear that like um, uh, reinforced because I think that's one of the things that I see both as a publisher and an author too, is that as much crap as people give Amazon for self-published authors, it's where it's where it's at. I mean, it's so hard to get traction with bookstores or other retailers. And it's, you know, why, why would you spend all that time and energy and effort trying to get something that, as you said, results in about five to 10% max of your sales, just go for the gold, right? (laughs) Well, and if you, like, if you look 
I love Apple. I'm not like trying to knock Apple, but searching for a book on Apple versus searching for a book on Amazon or as a reader are two completely different experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, You're going to find books in different ways. And there's so many more opportunities to find a book on Kindle organically or for a book to be served to you organically because of the algorithm or because of other books you've read versus Apple, where it's a lot of placement you know, and it's a lot of just looking at top 100 lists or looking at featured books or having placements. So if you don't, if you don't have those as many opportunities, there's just not as many opportunities for your books to be discovered. Yeah. Um, so Amazon is just, it's a beast, but it's a powerful beast. And it's a beast that I want to be, you know, I want to be on that beast yeah, <laughs> um, in as many ways as I can. I, I um, completely agree with that, with that idea. All right. So thank you so much for taking time out. I know with the conference starting in just a couple of days, I'm sure you are super busy right now. So thank you for taking time out of your schedule. And um, again, any last thoughts before we wrap this up? Just, um, just that we are focused again, IngersCon is focused on adult fiction, indie adult fiction. And, um, and the best time to jump in is as bef- as far in advance of August 10th as possible. Um, if you can jump in before July 22nd, then you can experience all three weeks launch events. If you're an author that isn't into the interaction with other authors, then jump in any time, does it, it doesn't matter. But if you wanna be there for the live interactive events, then, um, then try to jump in and get your ticket anytime in those, um, those three week windows. And we do have a payment plan available. So you can do either way you get immediate an immediate ticket. Um, but if you need to divide it into two payments, you can. If you need to pay through PayPal, just reach out to us, mention Alexis's code, and um, we can we can do it there. Alexa's code, sorry. Yeah, you know what? It's quite all right. You'd never believe the variations of my name that I hear. So it's quite all right. But yes, use the coupon code A-L-E-X-A um, and you can get $50 off of your ticket price until mid-August, we'll say. Um, but I'm I'm so excited to finally have had the chance and opportunity con- to connect with you. And I look forward to connecting much more. And maybe next summer I'll get to come out for the live event. I do love going to live events, um, even though they do like deplete me of energy. So I introvert thing, but um, thank you, Alessandra so much. And um, I wish you the best of continued success with all that you're doing and really appreciate what you're bringing to the fiction indie author community. Oh, thank you. And thank you for having me on. It was a fantastic time. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Thank you for joining us on the Publisher Podcast. We hope to see you back for the next episode. Great huge thanks goes to Jasmine Commerce for the use of her song. You can find Jasmine on SoundCloud. Go check out all of her music. We'll see you next time.